0: Now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, bishop of The Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson.
1: And I am he. Great to be with you again today, folks. I want to say right off the bat, thank you so much for praying for Randy and his family. Please continue to do so. We'll update you as, as things go on, uh, as he gets back. But uh, your prayers are very, very much needed. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about a, a scripture in uh, observing this whole Hunter Biden fiasco. Um, and as you all know, there are people now coming out saying, hey, I did the same thing that Hunter Biden did. I got three years in prison. I, I falsified information on a gun application, got caught, and set, got sent to jail, to federal prison. Hunter Biden does this, and apparently the same rules don't apply to him. And by the way, these are the people who are constantly lecturing us about racial injustice Right. And and uh, how there's the systemic racism in the criminal justice system. I don't know about systemic racism, but there certainly is systemic elitism, apparently, and the Bidens are beneficiaries of it. So if your name is Biden and your father's vice president, president, former U.S. senator, you get a pass on things that other people would get a go straight to jail card for. But this scripture came to mind as I was thinking about all of this. Proverbs 11.1, 11, 1, I should say. Proverbs 11.1, 1, the old King James says, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. And the new King James Version says, Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord. Same thing for the second clause, but a just weight is his delight. You know, it's interesting. Basically what God is saying, cheating, uh, unjust treatment of people is an abomination to God. And what's happened to and with Hunter Biden in this whole, the way this whole thing has proceeded, I'm safe in saying based on that scripture is an abomination to God. Because this man has just, he has gotten a pass on every level, okay? Known cocaine addict, crack addict, uh, profligate, uh, engaged in, I don't know whether you all saw any of the pictures, but I mean, the gun that he got falsely, he then brandished buck naked in pictures that he sent out, on the internet and had on his laptop. I sent out to, to I guess, to certain people. I mean, really scurvy, re- really, really nasty stuff. Um, and of course, tax evasion for two years. You know, when I was practicing law, and I still will say this to people. If, if people get to a point where they aren't unable to pay their taxes, I would always say to them, look, it is not a crime to not be able to pay your taxes, but always file and acknowledge what you owe. Because when you file and acknowledge what you owe, it's a civil matter. They will, of course, try to collect from you. But when you don't file or you pretend you don't owe anything, that becomes a criminal matter. That's tax evasion. You go to jail for that. Unless you're Hunter Biden. So he gets passed on two counts. And by the way, when he emerges from this, he won't even have a felony on his record. Which would, of course, restrict his gun rights in most jurisdictions, or certainly in many, would restrict his gun rights. But no, he won't even have a felony on his record. Um, he's getting this, this plea deal, which allows him, if he stays out of trouble lying on the federal form to obtain a firearm will just disappear. It will be as if he never did it. Like he was never charged with it. The different names for it in different jurisdictions, but that's what it boils down to. Basically, keep your nose clean for, I don't know what the period of time is. Usually it's about a year or two. Keep your nose clean and the, that record is sealed and it's basically, it, it just disappears. Tax evasion pled down to a misdemeanor, a misdemeanor for tax evasion. And this guy was pulling down millions of dollars, which doesn't even go to the issue of where the money was coming from. Because very often the IRS, when they see a bunch of cash that can't be explained, they usually refer that to the Justice Department to figure out, well, what's this person doing to produce all this money? It's it's an interesting situation we are in right now. It it really is, and you know the thing that the thing that I guess really stands out at me nowadays. You know, look, you and I would be lying to ourselves to think that oh, this is corruption in politics is brand new. We don't. How could any such thing happen? Look, there's always been corruption in politics politics attracts people who are venal and self-absorbed and are interested in, in self-aggrandizement and self-enrichment. It Those kinds of people do get attracted to politics and they're there. I mean, it also attracts honorable, decent people. Sometimes honorable, decent people find themselves corrupted by the political system, but it also attracts people who maintain their integrity and their honor and serve the country honorably. we got a whole history of people who've done that. So it's... Corruption is not something new we know like, oh, we can't believe it how could it please it's it's been happening since the country started right however it always happened in the dark you know we used to talk about we used to use the phrase um, backroom deals i mean things happened behind closed doors and and you didn't really see it and unless there was some reason that it would get exposed, most people would never know. Not that that's a good thing, obviously it's not, but I'm just saying people understood that they were doing wrong and they tried to hide it. That's the point I'm making. Not anymore. No, it's bold. It's brazen. It's out front. I mean, you see see Adam Schiff actually um, lecturing uh, Durham about his investigation Adam Schiff, the confirmed liar who just boldly told people, I've got the evidence in my possession that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians. And he's just lying through his teeth to the American people and convincing people that there was some evidence that somehow Donald Trump had been turned by the Russians and he was, in effect, a Russian asset. In other words, a spy for the Russians. The president of the United States was working for the Russians. I mean, just a lie out of the pit of hell. And he told it boldly. And he's got the nerve to stand up. And, I, I think your investigation is tainted because I. I mean, what? Of all people to be lecturing anybody about the integrity of an investigation? Oh, but see, this is what I mean. No shame no embarrassment. No, well, you know what? I'm not one to talk. Let, let, me, let me be quiet. Let me, t- let me show a little bit of humility here. I said, I said something for two years that was a bold-faced lie, um, and uh, I, I, I need to just, you know, cool it. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No. So th- this is what I'm saying. The corruption... Is just bold now, just in your face. Remember when Biden was asking about the bribe, where's the money? Where's the money? In other words, you can't prove a thing. Back in a moment.
2: This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. You know, for more than a decade, policymakers have been discussing the problem of food deserts. I started writing about this issue three years ago because there are zip codes of low-income neighborhoods without a grocery store that can provide fresh and nutritious food options. Dr. Merrill Matthews recently wrote about this issue and was on my radio program to discuss it. He reminds us that the major food chains like Walmart, Kroger, and Whole Foods have announced that they are leaving some major urban areas. Of course, we've also seen other retail outlets that don't sell food that are also leaving those same crime-ridden areas. The explanation is simple. They have become bastions of progressivism. Crime is on the increase because shoplifters and other criminals aren't punished. Record levels of unchecked theft and crime make the stores unprofitable. So let me add my perspective to his observation. Food deserts are a real problem, and wokeness, and especially critical race theory, make the problem worse. In a recent speech I gave in the Dallas area, I started with the economic fact that it takes $12 million to plant a grocery store in the region— And the risks are high given the limited profit margins. In two cities in which I've lived, the local grocery store went broke and closed. When a food chain announces that it will locate a grocery store, there are the inevitable charges of racism. A white grocery chain will put local black convenience stores out of business. Once it is built, the food chain must hire law enforcement to stop shoplifting and smash and grab. Again, you hear the charges of racism. And if only a few people are hired from the community, once again, you hear the charges of racism. So food deserts are a real problem, but I suggest that the current political, economic, and cultural issues aren't making it easier to solve the problem. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet A Biblical View on Racism, go to viewpoints.info slash racism. That's viewpoints.info slash racism. Let's see, if something
3: costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's Metashare. Maybe you've heard switching to Metashare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family five hundred bucks a month. And that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied. After making the switch, too, the customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call Right now, and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need 833 44 Bible. That's 833 44 Bible. 833 44 Bible.
0: The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at afr.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson.
1: Now, this rapper, his name is Kodak Black. Uh, apparently lied on a federal firearms form, and he got 46 months in prison. And his lawyer, of course, is now all over the media saying, you know, there's a two-tiered system of justice, and my client got 46 months in prison for the same crime that Hunter Biden committed. So we know it can't possibly be racism because we know that that the Democrat Party and the left are the champions of social justice and racial justice, Right. So we know it has absolutely, and 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 oh, and by the way, and and they don't believe in privilege, right? Because they talk they talk about that all the time. That white privilege, oh, this, we we can't we can't have that. I mean, th- 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 these people are just so full of hypocrisy that <laughs> if you stuck a pin in them they'd probably fly all over the world for about three days letting all the hypocrisy out. It's just, it's just ridiculous. And look, I don't know what the, I'm, I'm told that it's normal for the charges like this, that you should get time, that you do get time. As far as I'm concerned, if that's what the, the, the process is, if that's what the statutes require, that should apply to every single person regardless of their background, regardless of race, creed, color, whatever. But apparently that's not quite the way our criminal justice system works today. Although here again, they're the first ones up telling us how sensitive they are to social justice. I tell you, folks, we need to elect people who actually care about this country more than themselves uh, what is that line um, oh beautiful for, for spacious guys there's a line in that song that says who um, oh I need to get it but who Who country who basically I'll, I'll, I won't try to quote it because I'll mess it up but who loved country more than self who loved country more than, I'll find it here in a second. We need people like that, who love our country more than they love themselves, who love our country rather than loving power, loving influence, loving status, loving fame, loving money, loving importance, loving whatever, but who love the country and actually want to do what they know is best for America. I, you know, no wonder the Bible says when the wicked are in authority, the people mourn. Because what do you think the wicked do? They look out for themselves. So how, how could the people not mourn? Because that's what the wicked are going to do. They'll look out for themselves at the expense of the people. And when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Why? Because the righteous are looking out for the people, not looking out for themselves. Remember when Jesus' disciples were arguing about who would be, quote, unquote, the greatest? And he said, let he who would be greatest among you be the servant of all. So now Jesus flipped it on them. Because, of course, they'd been accustomed to the idea of greatness as having having the finest, living the finest, you know, being important, having everybody deferred to you. And Jesus said, no. greatness as defined by God is service to others. Greatness defined by God is considering others before yourself. And unfortunately, here again, that Judeo-Christian ideal of what it means to be a person of honor, a person of integrity, a person of, of decency, the person who like our police officers, run toward danger when others are running away, run toward it to try to save the lives of others. The person who, like many of our military people, sacrifice their own lives in behalf of the American people and the ideal of liberty that this country represents. We need people like that. Not just military people necessarily, but we need people like that serving us because... What we've got now, left to its own devices, they'll destroy this country. Well, let me hit a couple of other issues. Then when, I, when we come back from this next break after this segment, I'm going to start taking your calls. Um, did you hear about this Marquette professor who said that the American flag is a source of fear and anxiety? Yeah. He teaches at Marquette University, and he basically, he was triggered on Flag Day. And he said that when he sees the American flag, he thinks of nationalism. His name is Grant Silva. And my thought is, this is a person, oh, and, and, and by the way, he's not the only one. We know that. But my thought is this. This goes back to what you see as the nature of this country. If you believe that America is a providential nation ordained by God to bless Every single American to give us opportunity, hope, to to allow us to to fulfill our God-given potential. If you see it that way, then that flag brings tears of joy. Sometimes, just this thinking about what it represents and the sacrifices that have been made uh, for to allow us to enjoy what it represents. But if you if you have been indoctrinated to believe that America is racist, that it's sexist, that it's imperialist, that is it's one phobic after another, that we, 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 we exploited the Indians, we enslaved the Africans, we blah, blah, blah. If that's your vision of America, then you see America really as a kind of demonic place, which you hate. And the, so the flag conjures up all of those negative emotions that that indoctrination has produced in you. And I would just say people like that really need a revelation of who we are as a nation. Or they need to do themselves a favor and just go. Hey, why in the world would you want to live in a country where the, the sight of the symbol of the country causes you anxiety? Why wouldn't you leave? Well, of course, very few take us up on that because I don't care what they say about how, how triggered they are by something like the American flag. The fact of the matter is they're doing very well in this country that they despise very well. Like Obama said about Tim Scott and and about black conservatives, about they want to validate America, meaning that he doesn't validate America. But I tell you what, he's done very well in this America that he doesn't want to validate. I mean, the last I saw, this was several years ago, uh, he was worth 200, he and his wife were worth 200 million. I'm told that they're uh, they're now billionaires. They have several homes all over the place. I mean, multi-million dollar homes. Homes they pay 12, 13, 15 million dollars for. So in this country that he's not willing to validate, somehow or another, it certainly has validated him. It just, you know, there's an old saying I heard a long time ago that there's some people go around crying that they're hungry with a loaf of bread under their arm. Just completely ungrateful for what you already have. Well, a couple of other issues. I haven't really dealt with this a lot, but, but we did do a Gordon Chang, and we had Claire Lopez on recently talking about this. But folks, China poses an existential threat to our country and I've said they may call China a competitor, but China is an adversary at best and an enemy at worst. It is a political adversary, an economic adversary, uh, and and I would argue a military adversary as well. But we as Christians need to come to grips with this too. China is a spiritual enemy. China is the the Communist Party of China is a spiritual enemy. I love the people of China. I mean, they're human beings. They need God. They they need. They need the same thing every other human being needs. They need a redeemer, and one's been provided for them. And there are many millions of of Chinese Christians underground right now who have come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But this Communist Party of China is an abomination. This is a godless thing. And they're trying to prop up Xi Jinping to be the new god of China, just like Mao Zedong propped himself up to be the god of China. They are our spiritual enemies because They are based upon the principle that there is no God. I should say the lie that there is no God, which the Bible says the fool is sitting in his heart. That means the people governing China are are, a bevy of fools. Yeah, because that's the truth. They're a bevy of fools. The Bible says so. We are a nation founded on the principle that our rights and our liberties come from our creator, Almighty God, and that therefore we are inherently free. You can't reconcile those two visions of life. You can't reconcile those two views of human beings. You can't reconcile those two spiritual views. One says there is no God. One says there is a God, and we are ultimately all accountable to him. Now, we better come to grips with the fact that the ideology that moves China is evil, and Biden and Blanken uh, being so busy trying to placate them and appease them, they better go back and, and read about Neville Chamberlain and read about, uh, about how Britain tried to do that with Nazi Germany and Adolf Hitler and see how that, how that worked out. Because the more they bent over backwards trying to appease him, the more he sharpened the knife to stick in their backs. As far as I'm concerned, we need to we need to resurrect the Monroe Doctrine. I've I've affectionately called it the Jackson Doctrine, which is this base they've got down in Cuba now. They've got a military base that Cuba and China are building a military base. Now, you're not welcome in the Western Hemisphere. You're not welcome in in the the North American, in the American Hemisphere to build any military installations. You may not do it. We got to put our feet down with these people or we're going to end up in war. We'll be back in a moment to take your calls. It's my turn.
4: Here is your host for My Turn, Don
2: Wildman.
5: Sir Christopher Wren, the builder of St. Paul's Cathedral in London, was a famous architect of the 17th and 18th centuries. Once he was building a church building in London when he was severely criticized by a group of jealous architects. He was told that his type of architecture would not support the massive roof he was putting on the building. After much debate and Sir Christopher's insistence that his architecture would easily support the roof, the officials ordered Sir Christopher to put in additional supporting pillars. Sir Christopher reluctantly, and insisting that they were not needed, did as he was ordered. Here was the story of a genius in his field who was forced to go against his own conclusions because of the envy of his competitors. Funny sometimes, the way jealousy gets into our system. Someone can do something just a little better than we can. Someone gets recognized as being just a little more capable than we are. Someone rises above us, and we seek to pull them down. It seems that if Sir Christopher had found a new way to support a roof, that his competitors would rejoice with him and learn from him. But such wasn't the case. They turned against him, scorned and laughed and ridiculed him, and sold the public a bill of goods that his way just wouldn't work. There are many cases like that in history. Someone comes along with something new different, better, and we unloose our jealousy on him. We are so self-centered that we will not allow ourselves to recognize greatness when it comes. Rather than paying tribute to greatness, we attempt and often succeed in pulling the other person down. Galileo knew something about this. And they treated the Fisher of Men that way, you know. He came with a new way, a more excellent method, a clearer revelation of what God was like, and his fellow counterparts sought a way to destroy him. He won the hearts of a few men, but men in his profession turned against him. He was doing something new, something that he knew would work. He had full confidence in himself and in his work, but jealousy burned in the hearts of the recognized religious leaders. They sought to destroy him. Rather than listen to what this man had to say and see if it was true or not, they closed their ears and would not hear his message and, prompted by jealousy and selfishness, set about to get rid of him. He was a threat to their position. Let someone get in front of us, and rather than joining them, we try to pull them down. But life never lets anyone climb higher by pulling another down. Well, 50 years after Sir Christopher had finished the church building, some painters were doing some repair work on the church. It was then discovered that the additional pillars that Sir Christopher placed in the building missed the roof by two feet. Greatness cannot be destroyed by jealousy. Greatness is always at least two feet taller.
2: This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association.
0: The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson.
1: You know, I was just sitting here during the break thinking about this submersible that they have not yet found uh, that was going down to search the Titanic and the and the multimillionaire and billionaires who decided to put themselves in that thing and go down there, apparently signing release forms indicating that their acknowledgement that they could die in this process. Uh, I certainly do pray that they they are found. I can't imagine the horror of being stuck at the bottom of the ocean in a watery tomb because that's what it boils down to. I mean, this thing, I don't know whether you've seen pictures of this thing from the inside uh, but this thing, uh, it, it was it was a very 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 close in space uh, with oxygen. If they're alive, and I pray that they are alive, but oxygen now running out. They're down to uh, I, I think uh, I know less than 24 hours now that they've got before they're rescued, and they're found, finding some noises. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you something, folks. I, I hope when they come up out of there. <clears throat> They will find some other things to do with the vast wealth that they've been blessed with uh, than putting their lives at risk trying to go down and, and look at the Titanic. I mean, people have a right to do whatever they want to do with their money, so don't get me wrong. I mean, I and I don't think anybody should be able to tell them any differently. I would just say I would I would I would I would lovingly recommend that there are a whole lot of productive things that they could be doing with the vast wealth they've been given rather than putting their lives on the line to go down there in that thing to see something they could easily see on film. So hope they come up safe and sound and uh, and I hope nobody else decides to to take that as some kind of recreational um, event. So, but look, I don't wanna be negative about these people. I'm hoping that they're alive and that they, they will be rescued. I, and I mean that very, very, very sincerely. Uh, The number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. A couple of other things I want to put on the table just for you to be thinking about. One is um, I already mentioned this this base down in China, which needs to be stopped. This Chinese – down in China – in Cuba – this base that China is building in Cuba. First, we were told it was a spy base. Now we're told it's a military training installation in Cuba that should not be permitted, period. But they're doing this stuff because they know we've got a weak administration that won't do anything about it. Okay, enough on that. Um, Biden has forced members of the Social Security Administration, which means that they're doing this across the entire government, to take mandatory LGBTQ training. Now that's what they're calling it, of course. Mandatory LGBTQ training. And it tra- it centers on following the life of a male employee named Patrick who starts to identify as a woman named Patricia and then it walks through how to treat Patricia, call Patricia by the right pronouns and how you got a responsibility not to make Patricia feel uncomfortable and you've got to impress upon everybody as supervisors that they've got to address Patricia by her proper pronouns and that Patricia's uh, sense of, of, of equanimity and, and uh, peace on the job should never be questioned. Uh, everything centers around, let's make sure that we don't do or say anything that might in any way offend Patricia, who we formerly knew as Patrick. And, oh, and by the way, and training also about private conversations. I kid you not, folks, about private conversations about tr- Patricia. That this is communism. So when you're discussing privately, you can't say, I mean, man, you know, I, I, I think Patrick was, Patrick was just fine for me. Oh, no, 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 you can't say that. Not even in private. And if it's discovered that you are having such conversations in private, you are going to be in trouble. I mean, this, this, folks, again, we, we are moving toward a totalitarian culture, and now this is the government imposing that totalitarianism right now just on employees, but, but, but they'd love to do it for the, all of us, for the rest of us. But there's good news. The Texas Rangers, God bless the Texas Rangers, the Texas Rangers have refused to hold a Pride night. Or, or as I prefer to call it, a perversion night. They've refused. People are all worked up. The, the homosexual, gender-confused, perverse child-grooming movement is all worked up. But the Texas Rangers have said, no. God bless them. Somebody needs to say no. We're not participating in this abomination. And lastly, folks, this is the best news. There's a poll showing that the number of Americans who believe that homosexual relationships are perfectly moral, is declining. It is down even from 2019. And I've said this many times. That was the first mistake. The moment people accepted this whole concept, it's down from 71% uh, in 2019 down to 64% in 2023. The moment people accepted the sexual orientation nonsense... Oh, yeah, well, they just have a different sexual orientation, was the beginning of the end. Because now look where we are. We got people wanting to teach three-year-old children that, you know, you're not the the person you were born. There's there's a different person inside you. And we're going to start grooming you to not be Joey. We're going to start grooming you to be Janie. That's where it started. And we've got to come back to the point of saying homosexuality is sin. It is wrong. It is not normal. It is not good. It is not right. It is not appropriate. And I don't support it in any way. Now, I treat every human being with the dignity and respect that a human being deserves. But as far as that lifestyle is concerned, I am in no way ever going to sanction or approve it because the Bible condemns it. 888 589 8840 is the number. All right, let's get some calls in. Let's go to Max in Georgia. Max, welcome. Hey, Doctor Bishop. Yeah. Hey, Max. Max.
4: Ray, uh, I, I just wanted to share with you that uh, I had two points. Number one, you were referencing earlier about uh, what you know you love of your country. I want I, to. I thought of per, first was John F. Kennedy, where he said, "Ask not uh, mm-hmm. what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country." So that sort of puts it in a nutshell. And the number two is, I just wonder, uh, this uh, this individual uh, Chris Wallace, when he when he blew up the debate between Trump and Biden, I just wonder what an impact what impact he made on the election, you know, and what mm-hmm. his net worth is now. And that's <laughs> that's all my points.
1: Thank you very much, Max. Appreciate the call. Well, he was, he was a closet leftist. Nobody knew it. He hit it well. But when he worked, worked for CNN, that was the beginning of the end of his career because they, they imploded, and he never got what he thought he was going to get. I mean, maybe he got a big paycheck. I don't know. Let's go to Mike in West Virginia. Mike, welcome.
6: Thank you for taking my call. Um, I wanted to comment on the anti-gun crazies. I've heard that one of the TV streaming services, I forget which one, is re-releasing the Warner Brothers cartoons, but they've edited out Elmer Fudd's shotgun and Yosemite Sam's revolvers.
1: <laughs> are you serious? That's what I've heard. Oh, my goodness. Well, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Actually, I, sh- I don't mean to question you when I say, are you serious, but it, it's just... Oh my goodness gracious! You know, I I grew up on those cartoons, and I never once watched those cartoons and thought, "Hey, you know, when I grow up, I want to go out and shoot somebody." I mean, it, it's just, I, you know. Robin, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate it. I, that is Mike. I'm with Mike. Mike, Robin, I'm going to come to you. I'm with Mike. Uh, that that is just preposterous. It really is just. Utterly preposterous. And you know, but, but here again, folks, here's what this is all about. And please don't forget this because this will help you understand this. When you reject God's morality, which is absolute, you have to make up a morality of your own. You have to become your own God and create your own morality so that you can pat yourself on the back and say, look how good a person I am. We went in there and we edited those cartoons. We're really good people. And those of you who don't understand that, you're really bad people. Yeah, that's that's really what this boils down to. That's what climate change is all about. Oh, by the way, you know, the today was the day the world was supposed to end, according to Greta Thunberg, I guess her name is. Um, she predicted five years ago to the day that the world would be over today as a result of climate change. We're still here and we'll be back in a moment.
3: American Family Studios was started back in 2011 as a way to advance the Christian worldview into an increasingly
7: media-rich culture. Media is like such a powerful tool to
2: communicate the gospel. I love writing stories, getting in my office, and just thinking, how can we portray this concept of who God's character is? And to get to use the gifts that God has given me is really a joy.
3: AmericanFamilyStudios.net
7: Hi, this is Todd Nettleton with the Voice of the Martyrs Radio inviting you to join us Friday, July 14th for the Hearts of Fire virtual event. You'll meet four courageous women who showed incredible commitment to Christ in the face of intense persecution. This special event is free. Here are these inspiring testimonies of costly faith plus worship led by Michael W. Smith. You can watch from wherever you are. Register online at heartsevent.com telling Bibleless believers in Asia, no, that's the hardest thing we do. This is Bible League International, and we've spent the last few weeks telling you about the incredible move of God in the region of Asia, the part of the world where Christianity is growing fastest, but as many as 9 of 10 new believers in countries like China, India, and Bangladesh have no access to the Bible. They cannot open the Bible and be reminded of God's precious promises. Hey, we've told you about Shanti Varden in India. Born blind, wanted to end his life, but God brought him to saving faith. He's led hundreds to Jesus. They need Bibles in India. And cats nearly beaten to death by his interrogator, but he led that man to Jesus, and together they've witnessed thousands coming to Christ just outside of Beijing. AFR listeners, you have blessed 12,000 Bibleist believers in Asia. Our goal is 16,000. We're still short. We need to wrap up June 25th, so at $5 a Bible, $100 sins 20, pray about it, and then call 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD, or give it sendbiblesnow.org. Sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring.
3: And soon the sun is entirely blocked out and everything is dark. You can see stars in the sky at 9 a.m.
2: Aaron Lynam on Focus on the Family Minute offering ideas to enjoy the outdoors.
3: And our son, who was four at the time, he just said, Mom, how does God do that? <laughs>
1: That's good. And it was
3: so incredible to see that he was making that connection. And I talk about that experience as one of my Hebron experiences, like Abram in Genesis 15, when God pointed to the stars and made that covenant promise. I think it's so important to notice that God anchored that promise, that truth, in the visual of the night sky and just how powerful that is. I love that at the beginning of that story, the first thing God does, we read, He brought Abram outside and how powerful that is for us, that we can bring our kids outside where they can have those Hebron
7: experiences.
2: More parenting advice from Aaron today at familyminute.org.
0: Back to the Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American
1: Family Radio. Can you imagine, folks, troops in Cuba, 90 miles from the U.S. coast, Chinese troops looks like that's what we're headed for see this goes back to the issue of patriotism and whether we believe that we are stewards over the greatest nation God has ever given mankind that we we have been blessed with this gift and therefore we have a responsibility to protect it and defend it and those people like this professor I mentioned earlier who are triggered and hate the flag and hate the country and think ill of it those are the people who could in part be responsible for ushering in a circumstance in which we are overrun by our enemies? Because they don't think that America's worth fighting for, they don't think that America's worth dying for. They don't think that America's worth standing up for. And that's that sadly is where we are in our country. We've got a bunch of people like that now, unfortunately. And the former president, by the way, for President Obama was one of them, because, you know, here again, he made that statement. Yeah, these these African-American conservatives want to validate America, like your former president of the United States, you don't validate America? No, he never did. He never did. And it is it is really a sad situation, which is why I think we as Christians are really the keepers of the flame because we understand how, how important and special our country is. And we understand that all this, this division that the left is stoking is really contrary to creating a bright future for our country and for our posterity. eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero is the number. Uh, Robin, I'd already mentioned you, but let's come to Robin in North Carolina. Robin, welcome. Hi, Hi Bishop.
4: I just want to try to remind people of this all the time when I, people say, what's going on in the world? Everything's just so crazy. Dr. Dobson told us probably 25 years ago, don't think when they get homosexual marriage that they're going to stop. They're not going to stop. But after they get that, they'll move on to transgenderism. And then after that, they'll move on to pedophilia. We see college professors right now saying pedophilia is a victimless crime. Nobody gets hurt. And after that, they'll move on to bestiality. Because when a nation has turned its back against the Holy God, you're going to reap the evil of everything that you sow. Robin? So it's not going to get worse unless we just have a true revival. that's turning turn it around.
1: Amen. Amen, Robin. Thank you for the call. And Robin, you you nailed it. You you said it. And by the way, when all this homosexual acceptance stuff started, we were told, "Oh no, it's not going to lead to anything else. It's not going to affect anything else. It's not going to be a part." And 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 those of us who were who were fighting it were saying, "You're putting us on a slippery slope." And they said, "Oh no, there's no slippery slope. This is only about this is only about equal rights." And you're right. Then 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 came marriage. Now we've got transgenderism. Now we got we've got to, to we got to give children drugs and hormones because they don't have the right gender. They weren't put into the right body, and and we got to cut off their body parts. I mean, and you're right. where's it go? Well, we got furries already, so bestiality is not far away, and we got pedophiles now being renamed maps, minor attracted persons. So we're we are on that slippery slope, and. And we're going to have to to literally tell the mountain to move in the name of Jesus to stop this downward slide that we're on. Thank you for the call, Robin. Okay, let's go to Charmaine in Tennessee. Charmaine, welcome. Hi. How you doing, Bishop? Great, Charmaine. How are you?
6: All right. Um, years ago, I don't know how many years ago it was, there was a baker who refused to bake a wedding cake. Remember that? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how many years ago that was and it was about uh, that was about five or six years ago if I'm not mistaken. Jack Phillips. I'd met him. I don't know him well, but I've I've met Jack Phillips. He's he's being sued again because he wouldn't bake a, a oh. transition cake. Oh my gosh. Well I
6: always need to be praying for him. That's just terrible.
1: My gosh. Yep. Him All and right, his wife. Well,
6: I just wanted to remind yeah. you of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, Charmaine, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. In fact, you know, sometimes I'd like to have uh, Jack Phillips on the program. Just a wonderful, decent man. Like I said, I don't know him well, but I met him, and just, just, a, 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 just a really a, a gem of a man, a gentleman, uh, and a gentle. I mean, in the in, the, in literal sense of the word, a, really a gentle soul. Because he said, "I've never turned away a single person from my store." uh Anybody comes in they'll get the, the the very best service we can provide, but when they ask me to craft a message that I cannot agree with based upon my faith in Jesus Christ and the truth of his word that 's where I have to say no, but they act like he's a big he's a bigot he's a hater he's a an homophobe, and he won't and if you've met the man, you just think what a what a nice, decent individual and uh and and they basically just what they've done is just ambushed him to try to make an example to intimidate us all. You better bow down or we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace. That's really the message. Thank you for the call. Charmaine, let's see. Let's go to Don in Arkansas. Don, welcome. Hey, yes, sir. Uh,
6: How are you? I love your show. Thank you. I have a question about uh, homosexuality in the Bible. I, I... Lived for many years up in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, which is a, a kind of an art community town up in the mountains, and there's a large LBGPQ population there. And frankly, after I—I mean, I was there ten years. I just met, had known so many people that fell into that lifestyle that I am struggling with. I, I the, the, the whole issue on, on the topic. My my. I guess my point is. I just did a little reading, and in the it, according to what I read, the, the word in the Bible in the New Testament, I don't remember what it is. It's Greek. I don't know Greek. It starts with an A. But the word would, was that it had to do more with pedophiles or taking advantage of minors rather than actual male-to-male or female-to-female yeah. connection. And I, I, if that's the case, then, man, this whole thing uh, about the troubles that those people are are creating is based on a false premise, and that's my question.
1: All right, Don, thank you for the call. Now, the Bible makes very, very clear. In fact, there's really nowhere in the Bible that speaks directly to the issue of adult minor sexuality, because let's face it, the Bible gives an overall rule, which is uh, sex is only for marriage between one man and one woman, okay, and that man and that woman are, are adults and there's no age given because, of course, as we know, that in ancient cultures people married younger um, and, and started families younger. Um, but the Bible makes clear that it is it condemns all sex outside marriage and therefore condemns all homosexuality because homosexuals can't be married from a biblical perspective. But Leviticus 18:22, which I'm sure you all know, "You shall not lie with a male as with a woman," it is an abomination. And then it goes on to talk about bestiality. And in the New Covenant, it uses both sodomites and effeminate and homosexual, uh, and those words clearly apply to same-sex relationships. So you know this idea uh, that the Bible doesn't really condemn homosexuality and Sodom and Gomorrah was about hospitality. I mean, it's just nonsense. Because throughout the old covenant, one of the sins that the, the bad kings committed was to allow what the Bible calls in the New King, King James, perverted persons to serve in the temple. Perverted persons meant homosexuals, people engaged in relationships with, with, uh, with people of the same sex. And of course, one of the things that Jezebel allowed was homosexual relationships as part of Baal worship both male prostitutes and female prostitutes, in the temple of God as part of Baal worship. So the Bible is really quite clear, and the attempt to try to water it down, say, oh, no, the Bible doesn't really say anything about that, it's just just really a lie um, that they give to try to justify themselves. Let me have one other thing. This issue of knowing a lot of people and meeting a lot of people, and look, I don't have any doubt whatsoever. I've had some... I've had some good experiences with people who I knew were homosexual. They treated me very well. I treated them very well. That doesn't change anything with regard to what the Bible teaches. But remember, too, we're not fighting individuals. We're not fighting the person who is living his or her life the way they want to. We pray for them. We want them to come to God's way. But we're fighting a movement that is trying to fundamentally transform our culture and make right, wrong and wrong, right. And say we want access to your children and say we want to put this up in everybody's face every chance we get because this is good and this is great. And our culture ought to embrace this. And we're not going to have that. We're simply not going to have it. We'll treat every individual with dignity, but we're not going to allow our culture to be hijacked by a bunch of people who think that perversion is something that ought to be desirable and acceptable and even approved. Thank you for the call, my friend. All right, let's go to uh, let's see, let's go to Dale in Louisiana. Dale, welcome.
4: Hey, Bishop,
1: how are you? I am blessed. Dale, how are you?
4: Thank you for all you do and American Family Radio, it's changed my life. Listen, Praise I'm God. just going to get into it The Yeah, thank you, buddy. The, um, I heard some of the interview yesterday with the doctor on climate change. Mm-hmm. And I, want, I wanted to bring up something that has been referred to as a conspiracy theory for a long time, which are chemtrails. And <clears throat> <clears throat> recently I've seen some interviews. Uh, NASA was involved. And really just I would have liked you to have asked that. Question to the doctor. Uh, say, say that.
1: Say that about about what again, Dale? What did you call it?
4: Well, it used to be referred to as chemtrails, right? And that it was debunked—that it was just contrails. But it's geoengineering, and they're spraying nanoparticles into the atmosphere. And uh, their interpretation is it's to block the sun and the harmful UV rays. But ultimately, they're poisoning the food. They're poisoning our breathing.
1: Who, who's, Dale, who's who's spraying these nanoparticles into the air, from what you understand?
4: NASA. Oh, and okay. I would imagine I would imagine the globalists and the elitists.
1: Okay. All right, Dale. We've come to the end of the program. Uh, look, folks, I'm always willing to investigate these things. Um, contrails, chemtrails, first time I've heard of that. Uh, but, you know... Look, that's why we believe in freedom of speech, so we can get these ideas out, investigate them, see what they lead to. Look, that's going to do it for us today. God bless each and every one of you. Hey, I'm encouraged by the fact that fewer people believe that same-sex relationships are moral. So you stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up, because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit, because we are on God's side.